This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with DJ Steve Miller. His show, Celtic and Beyond, airs Monday from 4 to 6. He's also well-traveled in Ireland and the British Isles and plays guitar, Appalachian dulcimer, hammered dulcimer, and the Irish concertina. Steve, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gary. I've been anxious to have you on. I'm a big fan of uh, Celtic music and want to get your take on a few of these things. So first of all, you're great on the hammered dulcimer. How long have you oh, played that? Thank you. Well, I don't, don't feel great, but I'm still practicing. I started, I suppose, 35 years ago or so, maybe even earlier. At one time, my, oh, my, she wasn't my wife then, but took me to a, a festival, a folk festival in northern Indiana, and I heard for the first time what sounded to me like the angels had descended, <laughs> a hammered dulcimer, and so I had to go home and build one, which of course didn't last very long, but eventually got a really good one, <laughs> and uh, really loved the sound of it. I tried to build one one time, and uh, you've got to use like curly maple, because it's like... The amount of pressure on a piano yeah. almost. Uh, my first one was out of scrap oak from my garage, and <laughs> once it was a boom. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could see how that could happen. So what about the uh, Irish concertina? It's, it's kind of a distant relative of the accordion, but, mm-hmm. but not very. It's very different yeah, from that. Yeah, it is. It's a, a diatonic instrument, which means uh, when you push in the bellows, you get one note, you pull out, you get that different note entirely. So just like the harmonica. Yeah, uh, and it's got like 30-some buttons on it, and I've had mine for maybe four years. Uh, I really enjoy it. I got it primarily so I could keep my brain going instead of just looking for frets. Now i got to figure something else out. <laughs> so how did you develop an interest in Celtic music in the first place? Well, I can still remember my friend Larry in Salt Lake City, this was in 76 or so, invited me over once and said, oh, I got something for you. And he put on this record and out came this marvelous, completely foreign music. And it happened to be the Chieftains on their very early Mm -hmm. albums. Mm -hmm. And after that, I just kept seeking out more and more Irish groups. A lot of them I found in a library and I could copy and put on tape. And then, of course, eventually began finding albums and CDs. Mm Mm-hmm. Favorite Irish group of all time? Well, I guess what keeps coming to mind is Planksty. They were uh, very active in the 70s and one of the first groups to really push Irish traditional music into a contemporary feel. They had uh, two borons, uh, no, uh, I'm sorry, two bazookis, um, uh, sometimes a mandolin, Christy Moore on guitar and singing. And uh, Liam O'Flynn on Ilian Pipes mm-hmm. it was, was just really wonderful. And Christy Moore's w- went on to maybe not bigger and better things, but did some he's solo got, work. Yeah, he's had a long, if successful, solo career as a folk artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for neophytes out there in the audience, a few killer Celtic albums. A few killer Celtic albums. Well, okay, so we're, since we're talking about Planksty, in 2004 they reunited, did a live concert, album and DVD, and it really is brilliant. The audience is really excited and involved, and I don't think they miss a note. So Planksty 2004. I also really love, well, let's say Danu is a group, D-A-N-U. They're still together. 
One reason I really like them is because of the vocalist that was with them for a while, Miriam Nakalib. She's beautiful. She's got this really strong kind of a husky voice. Uh, she speaks and sings in Gaelic very clearly, plays a wonderful flute. So anything you can pick up by Danu from a few years ago would be, would be good. So what groups or artists do you continually go back to on Celtic and Beyond? Well, I've decided uh, lately to start every show now with Tannehill Weavers, a Scottish group who have been around. They're on their 50th anniversary tour, which is pretty amazing because I love the bagpipes. It just gives me a thrill. And so I start off with one of their tunes called The Geese in the Bog and the Jig of Slurs, <laughs> just as exciting the way it builds. Of course, my favorites are still the ones that I heard back in the 70s and, and the 80s, such as Tannehill, uh, Silly Wizard, and put together a couple of live albums that are just amazing. They're a Scottish group. Um, Planksty, Patrick Street, the Bothy Band, some of those that are, I guess, the classic groups. But I have been really trying to stay up with some of the newer groups that's coming out. Uh, traditional, uh, a lot of these traditional bands also are willing to throw in a little bit of jazz, a little bit of rock now and then. I know I love to listen to the Shane McGowan and the Pogues. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they kind of have a slight punk edge because of his... Yeah. His approach. Yeah, but, but some Irish, great music there. Irish punk seems to be a, a kind of a thing, especially here in the States. Not so much over in Ireland, I think, but yeah. So, and there are several, like Dropkick Murphys and some of those groups. I have to admit that I'm more of a traditionalist for my uh -huh. own tastes. I had occasion to uh, see Dropkick Murphys in Houston, and I found that I was the oldest person in the club when it started. <laughs> and, and one of the ushers said, you might want to sit Way up there. So, but, uh, Did he ton, offer you cotton for your ears? Tons of energy. No. Oh, yeah. so, uh, yeah. so what makes music Celtic? Is it a form? Is it instrumentation? Is it the type of melody? It's all of those, I think. You know it when you hear it. Of course, it, there's a lot of discussion academically about what really is Celtic and who the Celts were. And that doesn't matter so much these days because especially since river dance became such a phenomenon, Celtic music has really been spreading worldwide. I think it's a, a collection of instruments that you don't hear on a regular basis here in the States. It is always very melodic, even if it's only a tune. And my gosh, there are millions and millions of different tunes that people just love to sit together and play. So yeah, jigs and reels, um, all kinds of different variations of that. And some really beautiful, beautiful singing, uh, especially women voices, are very important in Celtic music. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you put your Celtic and Beyond shows together? Do you usually use the theme? or Because uh, yeah. you, you do it every week, so yeah. you've got a lot of space to fill. The radio station has quite a collection of Celtic music. However, I have a lot more at home and a lot of different groups that I really like that aren't, we're not able to load all of that into the radio station. So what I do is sit down on a, maybe over the weekend, this time I started on Saturday and I finished up today. And I do come up with a theme because I just work better that way. Maybe it's because of, I don't know, my past experience in doing other things where I had to get up and speak and have a theme. But it works for me to have a theme, and then I go through my huge collection on Apple Music, and sometimes I'll enter in a search word that goes with the theme. Sometimes I'll just kind of browse through, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, and put them together on a playlist, and then I bring in my iPad and plug it in. 
I can tell listening to your show that you've put some thought into it. So that's <laughs> that's why I asked. Now, you've traveled around the British Isles, uh, including, of course, Ireland. What are some of your favorite places to visit? Oh, my gosh. We just had a, a month in Ireland this past spring. It was our fourth trip, I think. One trip was only like a layover in Dublin, but we still still count that. West Coast, I guess, of Ireland is mm-hmm. just hugely important in the history of Ireland as well as in the history of traditional music, such as County Clare, I think especially. Um, but Dingle Peninsula, I know you've been there. You've yes. played in Dingle. We played in Dingle? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it's a beautiful place. Oh, it poured it rain when we were there. <laughs> really, <laughs> Maybe yeah. not surprisingly. So I love Dingle and anything that's uh, in that area is a great sea. Also the Kerry Peninsula, or the Kerry's Ring of Kerry, which is Ring of Kerry, yep. yeah, in a different peninsula next door there to uh-huh. Dingle. It's just amazing. And any little town you stop in, you're going to hit the pub and you'll just be very welcomed and sit and have a drink. People will come and talk. Had a great time in Dublin uh, this past time when we were staying right, you know, in the main part of town, very close to the GPO, the General Post Office. And right across the street from our home or our our uh, place where we stayed was a place called the Confession Box. Cool little <laughs> pub. So we went in one evening, and the guy that was singing uh, was singing a lot of songs I was familiar with, such as because the Clancy Brothers, you know, for one thing, and some of those songs of liberation. And I started singing along, and then I had all these Irish guys coming over, loving me and bringing me beers. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, a lot of us were introduced to Irish music from Tommy Makem and the Clancy Brothers back in the 60s because they were part of the folk boom. Yeah, the folk boom, yeah. I still enjoy them. So where should people go in Ireland if they wanted to hear traditional Irish music? Is there a certain area or...? There are are several, and the government in, in the last 10, 15, 20 years has really started to help local communities by sponsoring some bands by sponsoring just traditional sessions. So in Dublin, of course, that's the capital. It's a famous place. And there's the Temple Bar District where there are gazillion bars and a lot of bands. It's not the way it used to be because you used to be able to walk into a, a place and it would just be whoever happened to show up having a session. Mm-hmm. These days, it's much more planned because the tourism has just really overrun the place, it mm-hmm. seems, and they want to do the best they can for the tourists. So, of course, Dublin. But then, I think on the, on the west coast of Clare, or west coast of Ireland, in County Clare, and in Dingle, there are often are sessions that are still kind of just at the spur of the moment in a, in a pub. So any little town, I would say, on the west of, on the west of, the Ireland, of Ireland would be a good place to stop in and check it out. We had occasion when we were visiting to stop in a folk club in Clonakilty, and there was a sandwich board out there, and it said jam at 9 o'clock, and we joined in. They were very, very welcoming, and uh-huh. I wondered... How are we going to fit in? This yeah. is, and the first guy, Seamus, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> offered up his first song, and it was a Bob Dylan song. And I said, <laughs> I think this is going to work. So. Gonna, yeah, that's going to work. Well, a lot of a lot of the newer, younger guys who are and women who are in, especially the hot tourist spots, will play a lot of American folk music. Mm-hmm. That's not what I go there for, but. Yeah. But but they, did, they it, did seem, it. it did seem like every third song was probably an American thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Simon, Neil Young showed up that night. Yeah. But a lot of very traditional Irish also. Mm-hmm. So 
if you could be anywhere in Ireland this very night for dinner, where would it be? Oh, yeah, probably Dingle. Okay. Yeah, the town of Dingle, it's just delightful. Of course, it's uh, been upgraded, I suppose, for tourism and whatnot, but it's still a very delightful place. Lots of, even the, even the, most of the pubs will serve really good food, mm-hmm. not, not just potatoes, you know, they really come a long way. So yeah, Dingle. We spent uh, eight days in Ennis, which is in County Clare. So mm-hmm. Ennis as a town is probably, uh, really would be my second choice, but it's a really a wonderful home. They're very intentional about continuing Irish traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, children in school, I was told, have to choose an instrument. They don't have to keep it forever, but they got to start and learn one of the traditional instruments in school. Oh, that's very cool. Now, you mentioned earlier uh, Tannehill Weavers. You've, you recently saw them live. Yeah. How did they measure up to your expectations? They've been oh, together for, as you say, 50 years. 50 years. They were wonderful, I thought. There are two that have been there from the beginning, two members, and then a third, the fiddle player, has been with them for almost 30 years. We first saw them in Indianapolis 35 years ago, probably a couple of times, and they still have the same energy. They still, to me, have a, it's just really, really a tight band. Mm -hmm. Lots of energy. They do feature the Highland bagpipes. That makes them, I think, somewhat unique. But they also have a lot of great vocals uh, and fiddle, I mean, a whistle player who's just terrific. So yeah, I I was very moved. One, because my wife and I have a connection to them from like 30 years ago, you know, an emotional connection, Mm -hmm. I suppose. And so it was really wonderful to see them and to hear them play some things that we knew and we just started hopping around. (laughs) Uh, we should mention, as we talk about Celtic and Beyond, your current show, Jim Remington started that show many years ago. Roger Wise and uh, Steve Chandler uh, were also DJs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all four of you really have a pretty strong feeling for that type of music. That's what it's a, it, it is a feeling. I can't tell you why I am so connected to Celtic music. It is a feeling deep inside. My brother sent his DNA thing in once, you know, and came back 12% Irish. <laughs> so I cling to that, but that's all I can cling to. It's just something inside of me. I can even cry when I think about the stories of the Easter Rising and, mm-hmm. you know, their fight for liberty and all of that stuff. It's, it's an emotional connection. Now, suppose there's someone out there in Radioland considering contacting the station to test out being a DJ. What would you tell them to sell them on that idea? Oh, it's fun. Where else can you come and sit for two hours with your headphones on and listen to your own music and know that somebody out there might also be enjoying what you enjoy? You get good training, you really do, and once you learn the system, it's a snap and it's a lot of fun. Well, we appreciate you uh, picking up the uh, Celtic and Beyond. It's the oldest DJ show on the station, so uh, Mm. glad to have that alive. We're running out of time, but we've been visiting with DJ Steve Miller, host of Celtic and Beyond. That show airs Monday from 4 to 6. Steve, thanks for stopping by. Uh, Thanks for asking me to, Gary. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow
with my feet on solid ground. 